Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Tom Spence and Nick here of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the lost Tartarian civilization. Nick, what are we talking about? I have no idea what the Tartarian civilization, you know, what, what is it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, uh, well, it, it may surprise you to learn yeah. um, this, the existence of this civilization, which they don't teach in schools, obviously. Um, it's, isn't it one of the places on Game of Thrones, isn't it? Uh, so I, I have been thinking recently about how, you know, everyone got very upset when uh, the roof of uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral burnt down. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And um, why is that if you read kids' books and stuff, they're always set in places like castles, like Hogwarts, you know, old... Okay. Ramshackle or, you know, yeah, yeah. but generally old types of buildings. We like people like, and you know, when you go on holiday, people pay to go and see old nice stuff. country houses and people want to visit small towns which have historic streets and things. Mm-hmm. People love all that. Mm-hmm. And yet n- nothing we make these days looks like that. Nobody builds buildings that looks like, look like that at all. Mm. Um, anyway, I just sort of idly thinking about that. Uh, and it turns out that I'm not the only person to have spotted this. And, What's Tartaria? Though? Right, I'm getting to that. Okay. But you need to be prepared to learn that everything you know is a lie. Okay. Okay. So the Tartarian theory is that um, all of these wonderful buildings, these old monuments and mm-hmm. places like they, they were built um, not just by our forebears, but by a lost civilization. Yes, a global that, civilization. That's true, and and um, that you know, which was vastly greater in terms of its uh, abilities than ours, and um, that this civilization was uh, swept away at some time in the early twentieth century mm-hmm. through various. There's various theories about why it might have happened, um, but the point is that we're living. We're now living in the, if you like, the ruins of Tartaria. We're living amongst these buildings that although, you know, we sort of imagine we could build and convince ourselves that we choose not to. In fact, the truth is we, we just can't. We haven't, we've lost the ability to build lovely old buildings, yes. which is why we don't do it anymore. And all of our buildings now just look like boring old uh, geometric shapes. Yeah. That's the that's the t- I'm not sure to what extent anyone really believes this is true, mm. uh, but the existence of the theory mm. tells you that there's something people don't like about modernism so yes. so the question is why if we all love old buildings do we build buildings that look like new buildings which are all just a boring triangle or a box hey i think we did another podcast like this no we didn't this sounds like the ugly the 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 um balladian spaces type thing well no this is more about um the aesthetics not not about the feeling of why is it that some places feel Ballardian. This is about like why why we don't build nice buildings anymore. Yeah. It's a different question. Okay, I still think it's the same. But anyway, I should have discussed that. Over. No, but I mean, look, look, because <laughs> no, look, but... listen, listen, uh, the Shard or something. Yeah, right. It's not really Ballardian. You know, those okay. sorts of places aren't. But they but it's boring. That's the point. I think it's but it doesn't look ornate and grand. It doesn't. It really it doesn't inspire you that much. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in here because I live very close to the shard and I see it pretty much every day. Um 
and it's not boring. Yeah, it's basically more doors, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at times it's terrifying when they light the top up in red, and it's it's a bit scary. Uh, and that giant flickering it's... lidless eye appears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at times it's elegant, uh, especially when it interplays nicely with clouds that are low. Um, and actually, it's very popular. More than half of people surveyed think it's a positive addition to the London skyline and to the way that London looks. So. I think coming from the premise that, you know, all modern architecture is bad and boring is incorrect. A lot of it is popular and people like it. It might not be ornate. That doesn't mean it's not interesting. Mm. I've forgotten what the question is. But anyway, we'll come back to that in a second. But this also makes me think of another podcast we did, which is about reenactors, about, you know, what will future reenactors be doing, which you were on as well, Tom, weren't you? I was. Um, And... It makes me think, you know, 500 years from now, people would be looking at the Shard going, why can't we build buildings like the Shard anymore? It's a shame that we lost the Tartarians. They'll be looking down on the Shard. Yes. That's a massive scale. Yeah. It'll look like a tiny little uh, building yeah. to them. A Shardette. Yeah. I don't know. But also... A Once upon a time, this was considered a tall building, yeah. they'll say. But also, it makes me think, by. 500 years ago, I'm sure people were saying, huh. We can't do the pyramids anymore. We just stuck. Uh, well, it's funny you should say that, Fraser, because I actually looked some of this up, and I thought, what's what's one of the most iconic, you know, classical buildings in London that everyone loves? And I thought, St Paul's, right? People mm. love St Paul's. Mm. People did not love St Paul's when it was built. Oh, really? It was aping Catholic tendencies in in what was then a you know a country that didn't didn't like the Pope. Yeah. Uh, and people were very dismissive of it. Yeah, it's yeah. only over time that people have grown to love it. Yeah, uh, right. with rose-tinted spectacles. Yeah, you've advanced one theory as yeah. to why this Tartarian approach might be wrong, um, which is that you're saying it's simply that we've been conditioned to find old things nice, more or less, and and that you know if you give it enough time, then um, people will uh, people will come to love. You know, I'm wondering boring. if that's the case. Well, I mean, we're, I want to set out a taxonomy of theories in a minute. Right, so there's way more hypotheses about yeah. modernism. We, we need to, I think, let's reframe the whole yeah. thing and let's found, give a foundation no, well, of our discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, just, but just to specifically to respond to that, hmm. I would use the fact that in the 1930s, hmm. intellectuals railed against the construction of those vast suburban outgrowths of London and said all the houses are boring and boxy. Hmm. Um, and, you know, 100 years before then, you'd had early Victorian architecture, which was nice. Nobody, you know, objects to that. Uh, it is not now the case that we look back on those buildings from the 1930s and think they're beautiful. I still think they're boring and boxy. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I that hasn't happened. It hasn't, it doesn't, buildings Yet. from the 1950s and 60s are not Yet. growing nicer. I'm not growing finding myself growing Give it a to thousand love. years. Uh, you know, those big uh, tower blocks that were built in the 60s and 70s, they're not, the age isn't being kind to them, for but anything the opposite. You need to broaden your horizons of time. Uh, okay, well, we'll let's let's part that for a minute, because we can discuss that. But just, I, I just want to, can I just set out? Thing. Yeah, Let's set so, it all out. So, well, it's really about people's reaction to modernism and the extent to which they embrace it or reject it. And I, and I think um, we... I think there are sort of three approaches you can take. Uh, One is to say that modernism is understandable, not necessarily to approve of it, but just to say, okay, well, this is where it comes from. And it's just, you know, it's it's another development in uh, aesthetics. Mm -hmm. One is to say it's excusable. So to say, well, you know, it it happened, but it's not actually bad. 
Um, and the third is to say, actually, modernism is good. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with it at all, and we should embrace it. And we're just being sillies by by wanting things to look like Hogwarts, you know. Mm. Um, so, uh, and I think, um, it, you know, if you think about what modernism is, it, it's really deliberately new. Yes, it's 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 being deliberately rejecting the past, um, and and as a result it produced lots of things that people find pretty inaccessible mm -hmm. so you know modernism looking across the piece is associated with this sort of rejection of realism and we all know people like realistic paintings people want to go and see the ambassadors and spend longer looking at that than they do looking at you know a rothko or something mm -hmm. even though people profess to like it um things about you know things like stream of consciousness literature sort of james joycey type works which no one reads but everyone says they like um atonal or 12 tone music which everyone says they like but no one listens to um abstract painting you know that so there's a sort of rejection of of all of those traditional realistic approaches and also a kind of self-consciousness about about what you're doing i think you know an artist in the past might have said how do i do this art here Whereas I think the modernist question is more like, why are we doing it this way? Let's do it a different way. How can we do this in a different way? Um, you know, people people say that this is related to, you know, industrialization and 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 a, the sort of total break with the past and so on. But no, I just thought I'd set that. That's what we mean, I think, by modernism. So and it's interesting that it's not just architecture. The point is, there's all those other art forms which have produced things that people generally don't really like that much. Some people do, but not everyone. They're not they're not popular. Those forms of okay. modernist art. So it's two things, and I know Tom wants to come in. He's just been just gesticulating wildly over there, um, as wild as Tom can get. Um, two things. Are, are you are you trying to say that there seems to be evidence that we're just naturally conservative? That's what you sound sounds like you're saying. Maybe. I'm really just trying to define what we mean when we're talking about modernism. Okay. Fine. Um, then we can talk about... I still don't really understand the question, what we're talking about. Um, how can you... Look, it's it's simple. Why is it that people want to live in Georgian houses and we don't build them anymore? Got it. It's as Fine. simple as that. Now I understand. That's great. Tom. So I've got a couple of points. Nick, you mentioned um, houses. Um and you're right, people want to live in, you know, nice Victorian houses, nice Georgian houses. But they only want to live in, crucially, nice Victorian and Georgian houses. You don't no want a Georgian one, hovel. Yeah, no one wants to go and live in, you know, the slums of Oliver Twist's Bermondsey. And we've torn those down and I got rid of, of them. Do. We've only but... kept the nice things from then. So obviously we look back at them and think, gosh, those are nice. In a hundred years' time, when we've kept all the nice things we've built now and torn down all the things that aren't so nice, people will say, gosh, that, that 2010s, 2020s aesthetic is lovely, isn't it? Right. Because no, we'll have stripped away all no. the bad and I'll give you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why that's incorrect uh, from, from a, an anecdote rather than any actual information, hmm. which was where my dad grew up. He grew up in um, a street in Islington called Lion Street, and uh, it was uh, terraced Victorian houses, hmm. and it was considered to be basically a slum. Hmm. I mean, it was, you know, people... It was one of those council-run you know it was all sort of council houses and and uh you know mainly working class people and um, lots of subletting and stuff um they you know people who lived there liked it but um it was all bulldozed to make way for uh, a big housing estate that was built there um 
Now those the streets that weren't bulldozed, the houses there are selling and for a million, million and a half yeah. quid. You know, so um, don't it wasn't the architecture that's the problem. You know, what living in a slum in the nineteen sixties would have been. You know, I think a lot of people would prefer to do that if it was in a nice Victorian house than living in you know a a um, ta- modern tower block. So I I. I, it I think isn't, if you gave it most isn't. People... They didn't demolish. They didn't demolish like terrible buildings, and now we're just left with the good stuff. They demolished things they thought were slums, but they were actually lovely buildings. Mm. Um, but I think if you gave people the choice between living, you know, three people to a, a room in in a Victorian building, or having their own flat in a tower block, most people would probably choose their own flat in a tower block. Yeah, but they would also if they if why but then you're making them trade things off pointlessly. Like if but, they but didn't you're have also to making choose, quite uh you're I don't think your comparison No one really, would choose to live three people in a room in a tower block. No, but I think your your comparison doesn't quite hold up because those houses are selling for a lot now, but as a different product. They're selling as luxury houses as opposed to houses that you yeah, would cram Tom, as many people you could you fit into you're bringing other things into the equation because it's not just about the architecture isn't it because you're talking mm. about you know living conditions and um well that kind of thing and really. it's, it's more that this claim that people destroyed the bad it's like this the argument you get about was music better in the 60s and everyone says oh no it's just that you know the only music they play from the 60s is all the good stuff because no one listens to the rubbish anymore mm. um and uh you know, we all know that's not true, right? There was just better music produced in the 60s than there is now. And uh, and and I'm just saying that if you look at the houses they were demolishing, it's not like they were demolishing really terrible, boring houses and leaving the, the nice, uh, you know, Victorian terraces. They were demolishing Victorian terraces because they thought they, 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 you know, they had so many of them. They could just demolish a whole street full. And now that street's probably worth £200 million. And so just, you know. I think... Let's hear more from Tom. What, what you've said there, Nick, brings me on to my second point your assertion that there was just better music being made in the 60s i i think and this ties to what you said before i think you have set the entire conversation in a very non-neutral way you asserted for example that no one likes modern art i love modern art i love rothko's i love abstract impressionism i'm planning a trip to the hague specifically to go and see some mondrians that i really like uh i listened to philip glass uh, I listen to you know things like clapping music quite regularly. Uh, Are you unusual? Uh, I may not be in the majority, but I, guess I don't if there's, think an, I'm if there's an exhibition, it suggests that there's appetite. exactly. Well, I mean, the Tate Modern is one of the most popular uh, galleries in the country. I I just want to point out, in case anyone thinks I'm an uncultured philistine, I like all that stuff too. I think this is not a question about whether you know <laughs> people like us like it. It's like why they're not. Um, it's, massively just, it's just the unwashed popular. masses we're talking well, about. Well, it, it's 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 definitely true that you know they're not popular forms of art. You know, but, in the same way that people people everyone in the nineteenth century would have looked at, um, or everyone would let's say in the you know fifteenth century would have looked at a cathedral and said, "Wow, look at that! That's nice, right?" masses and elites alike would have looked at it it's not like the masses were going oh i hate all that you know ornamentation and this mm. lovely open space and that beautiful stained glass window i hate all that i want mm. to go back to living in a you know a mud hut nobody said that whereas now you know most people don't particularly like listen most people would rather listen to you know um to Mozart than to uh you know Steve Reich even though I you know I happen to love Steve Reich mm. I'm just that's the we've got this 
what's considered so to be let's try and come to some sort of agreement on this because the examples that you've given tom uh, you saying well actually i this um and i know some people and we've said that, okay well it's not just you because there are exhibitions which i've said well it suggests and we've talked about the tape modern etc but do you see anything in what nick's saying that well, you know that there's a general sense of the other thing i i've given anecdotal evidence mm. um but i feel like nick has made assertions with no numbers behind them as i pointed out earlier <laughs> a majority Impossible. of people think that the gherkin and the shard are great buildings you know people like them they're modern it's not the case that you know people dislike all things modern of course there are bad examples you know a lot of people will complain about some forms of brutalist architecture but then you look at things like the various guggenheim museums around the world they're incredibly modernist but they're enormously popular so i think it's uh it's quite a statement to make that you know modern things are not popular compared to old things um i i I think more people want okay i mean why it's just this this observation that what when you think about if you were to ask most people what kind of house would you like to live in people would probably i just feel like yes i've got no numbers here at all you're right so this is entirely my intuition but it's just the behavior of people like going to see old stuff you know, people want to pay to go and look around a, a, you know, a stately home, but nobody wants to pay to go and look around, you know, the, the gherkin. I mean, they don't, they don't want to. There aren't queues of people desperate to get in there and have a look round. I can went we, to visit I, Lloyd's as a tourist once. Can we Lloyd's of London? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's okay. quite interesting. How about, not, you don't get the queues that you get at the Vatican City, for example. Well, can we can we phrase this in a slightly different manner and say, can we agree? that there's a, a general affection um, or a common affection for old stuff, right? Uh, old, nice stuff, right? Um, and if that's the case, why is that? But then is it just an obvious answer, which is, well, it's a kind of a hankering after what we don't have now. It's a historical um, appreciation uh, for stuff. And also, if and it's not to say that we don't like modern architecture, but we can do that stuff. We can do modern architecture. We can't do the old stuff. Or well, we could, but no one's going to spend the money to do that. And is it is it just simply that? Is that all it is? I think there is definitely something to be said for that, and there's something to be said for the rarity argument. I think if you know if all we were building were Victorian streets, their price would go down because there'd be loads of them, and they'd you know they'd be everywhere, right? If instead of skyscrapers, we were constantly building you know new Gothic cathedrals, everyone would be like, oh look, oh another Gothic cathedral, <laughs> oh isn't that interesting? And I I Again, speaking anecdotally here, I um I once went on um on holiday to Iran, where I saw you go on holiday to the oddest places. But anyway, go on. Thank you. Um, I highly recommend it. It's uh, there's a lot of beautiful stuff to see. But I went around Iran, and there are all these amazing palaces and incredible mosques. You know, beautiful tiled artwork, really really impressive stuff. And then after Iran, I went to Uzbekistan, mm. which again, you know, all this kind of Silk Road mosques and mm. palaces and things. But by the time I got to Uzbekistan. I was a bit like, oh, oh, another one. Yeah. Great. More tiles. You were desperate you know. to see a 1960s housing estate by the time you got to Uzbekistan. Honestly, after Uzbekistan, I went to I went to Kyrgyzstan and I saw a huge amount of what, Soviet Stalin's, brutalist architecture yeah. and it Loved was a refreshing it. It change. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. That's the thing. I think part of it is familiarity. You can walk around London as much as you like and see big glass towers yeah, and yeah, yeah. you get bored of them, right? But then you, you know... You go yeah, somewhere but else. Do people want to live? Thing. Do more people want to live in, you know, a former Soviet town? 
uh, you know, Archangel or something? Or do they want to live in Salisbury? You know, where do people actually want to live? What are the house prices like? I don't have the data. I'm willing to make you a bet that people, the house house prices are higher in towns where there's a higher density of old things. And 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 yes, all right, it's quite nice for a change. But I'm just on on average, you know, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I think that's probably true. Yeah, but equally, the highest house prices you'll find in many places are the the luxury flats in big glass boxes but i think that's I just because they happen to be close they tend to be in like big cities where people need to work and but are you saying that's not the same argument that you could use for why salisbury is more expensive than yeah. archangel because ultimately i don't know what archangel is that's a like, northern yeah it's, uh, a, it's sort of former on industrial. the white sea in in yeah. russia it's, you I, know, I, again i'm sure you were circle. able to equal everything out I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just just a bit of an old. Look, git, like. can we just? I've got. I need. We need to mention a few yeah. theories. Yeah. Okay. About because I because we we've just been we've been going back and forth. A yeah. Bit here. I think we're arguing. We're disagreeing. So, so you alluded to the cost disease issue, right? Which yeah. is that it would be more expensive now to build uh, those things. Now, if that's true, then that does suggest that there's a you know a real that we have effectively traded off um, niceness for um you know for price and and if that's true then the tartarian theory is kind of correct but the the argument there is just that you know you cannot build those kinds of buildings um in on mass you can't mass produce nice you know ornate cathedrals in the same way that you can big glass boxes mm-hmm. and um and you know you in the old people have got more productive across the economy hence People are much more expensive yeah. now, relatively, yeah. uh, compared to materials. To do it, yeah. Precisely, that's one thing. But there's also the the supply argument, which is that well, actually, we've got access to a whole bunch of novel and exotic materials that we didn't have a hundred years ago. All of these new types of steel and concrete and glass that are able to bear different loads, and so you know, the, the old architecture was constrained by. Um, the materials in a way that it's not now so we can mm. go nuts and start building things that are look totally different to mm. what was in the past and that um we just need to take time to learn the aesthetics of those things um or alternatively that western civilization has peaked and is in decline mm. those there are those there's there, then there's the sort of social theories which are that the the break uh w- between high art and popular art is something to do with it now being um, about signalling because, you know, Donald Trump's house? Have you what, ever the seen one in, pictures? The one in Palm... It's basically no. all gold, like Mar-a-Lago, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like basically everything's gold. Oh, is it? Okay. It just looks really cheap. Now, some an entirely gold room yeah. would never, up till the 20th century, have looked cheap, Right. Yeah, that's okay. the the opposite <laughs> if anything and and so since it's very cheap now to create uh, the appearance of sort of ornate luxury yeah it has become in order to signal yeah. well precisely the, our old friend signaling in order yeah. to signal wealth now you have to actually almost look as minimalist as possible yeah it's actually harder to be minimalist it's more expensive yeah. to have a minimalist aesthetic so there's, there's that theory there's this idea that um uh, things have become more boring because uh, people no longer want to flaunt wealth in the same way. I'm, I'm not sure if that's true. And then, and then there's the set of theories about which basically say modernism is is really good. We don't need to explain it. It's just basically a good thing. And and um, you know, modernist things are, are better. Like Tom says, he actually likes them. Um, people who think otherwise are 
pedestrian minded and deluded. Mm. Just um, to clarify, I don't think that. Yeah, I, well, I, I do actually. But anyway, the uh, uh, but also this idea that you're exposed to vastly more things. And so we would expect there to be this acceleration. You know, 500 years ago, the average person might have seen one cathedral in their life if they were lucky. Um, now we can look at pictures of every cathedral and we can go, well, all right, well, that means that, you know, what on average might have taken 10 years of evolution mm. in architecture can now take place overnight. Because I can just look at all those buildings and go, right, I'll take the bits I'm interested in mm. and we'll go for it. You know, we'll build this totally new thing that takes on board all of the buildings in the world. And so perhaps we're optimizing in a way that we couldn't do in the past because we're able to learn much more about what's good. Um, uh, yeah. So and then there's the theories that it's sort of survivorship bias, you know, that Tom's idea that we're only seeing the Just nice seeing things the nice from the past. Yeah. And, and then or, or alternatively, that we're basically being conditioned to think that old things are good. So that but we uh, the, I wanted to move on to uh, attempts to return to Tartaria. Well, let, have been well, a let's, few. well, let's do that. We actually need to. We we're, we're, we're near the end. Um, by the way, I know Tom wants to say something. Just on so, one of those points. But we'll, we'll come on to that. By the way, you're wrong, Tom, about this sort of love, general love of modernism. I'll give you two words that will prove you wrong. Mock Georgian. Okay. Everyone loves Mock, mock Georgian. Otherwise, developers wouldn't be building this stuff everywhere. It's popular. People love it. But you said an interesting thing there. Go on. Developers are building this stuff. Out ah, there. money and the... which means we can still build this stuff. Well, it's. I mean, it's. But it's mock. Right? Oh, it's a terrible but... facsimile. It's like they'll put the half timbering on the outside as a yeah. kind of rendering, but it won't actually be a half. <laughs> you mean it's like house. Washington D.C. The Greeks didn't actually build all those <laughs> neoclassical buildings. Well, actually, I think it's quite interesting that no, I, why, why anyway. it is that people are so resistant, people like Tom, are so resistant yeah. to the suggestion that we actually, things are worse now. And uh, it's interesting to contrast that. And I think that's because we live in a particularly, you know, now is the pinnacle sort of time. We have this belief that really we are, you know, one of the modernist ideas is that we are have optimised the past away and we're living in a definitely better place now. And if you look at what people thought in the Renaissance, it was the opposite. It was like, they, well, they realised that there was all this lost skill and wisdom from the classical era. And and they were desperate to recapture it. And, you know, there were you had people like um, Braccioli looking for the ancient texts or Erasmus mm. trying to, you know, look at how the Greeks did Christianity better or mm. Pisano and his, you know, return, attempts to return architecture to classicism. And, it was like a yeah like a, a sort of collective belief that the modern world was worse and that we needed to make it better by looking at the olden days it's the opposite now we really need to zip along do you still want to address that point no no sorry no okay um so so look, let's try and round these things off i well, know you've got another point to talk cover. about we i think the tom was touching on this thing you were, you were both talking about mock george and stuff yeah, yeah okay so make um, your point i've got a question i want to ask at the end yeah okay well it's just you know have you heard of poundbury Yes, it's yes. oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Charles's model town, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, uh, so it has things like iron fences and porticos and little, uh, you know, even things like bricked up blind windows to make it look. Just old, explain the concept to people who are not. Yeah, familiar so with so it. this was basically Prince Charles famously resistant. He's a real anti-modernist. Famously, would mm. wants more tradition Carbuncle in architecture. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, famously criticised the. Sainsbury Wing, I think, of being a monster of, of the National Gallery for being a monstrous carbuncle on mm. the face of a much loved friend. Um, and uh, 
you know, it's designed to be a bit more sustainable. Um, it's that sort of thing. But it, all the buildings look like pastiche yeah, uh, versions. Exactly. Of, but they, they, um, it's weird. I had a look round on mm. Google Maps, mm. and it's just weird and soulless and mm. uh, almost like a film set. Yeah, really strange sort of looking place, um, but pretty popular. Okay. And then the equivalent in the US, obviously, similar kind of movement, really. Um, new urbanism, which which is the most famous one, I think, is Celebration Florida, which was built by Disney to be a model town. And it's mm-hmm. an American version of Poundbury uh, in that it's it's sort of white picket fences and, and uh, clapboard architecture and stuff. Um, I just uh, want to clarify. I uh, I don't think that, you know, modernism is the pinnacle. I just refute the assertion that it is worse. I don't necessarily think it's better, but I don't think it's worse than than the past. Yeah, I I I don't I don't honestly know. I mean, the trouble is, it is very hard to take yourself out of the place and time you're in. Um, I do think that most um, if you're, I, I, I suspect that good modernism is as good as anything from the past. But that, on average, modernist things are worse than you know on a, the average thing you would have got in the Victorian era, and I suspect the the flip side of that, the kind of upside, is that it's accessible for everyone. You know, the the price of having everyone living in a house uh, of their own and not living five to a room is that the building's all a bit worse. I but I, but a... I, I would like to us to at least admit that we have traded off quality against, um, you know, accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very interesting point. And I think it is almost a quality versus quantity question. In the past, you know, when when maybe there was one cathedral being built a decade, you'd find the best architect and they'd build you that cathedral. Now, hundreds of things are being mm. built all the time. And, you know, the best architect can't work on every single thing. So... I think I agree with you that while the top end of of modernist culture may be similar, the accessibility of creating culture now is so much easier, or there is it is much more accessible that you also have things that aren't necessarily the the pinnacle emerging. Yeah, and I think that that is chimes very well with the observation I think we've made on previous podcasts about things like things like music. You know, is music worse now? Well. On average, yes, but the quantity is so vast that probably you can find, if you have the mm. time to do it, you can find music now that's as good as any other music that's ever been produced. So but it's just way, on average, it's worse because yeah. you know, it, it, like accessibility means we're accessing the tail, as it yeah, were. Yeah. You know, we're getting, we're drilling into the tail of that distribution, which in the old days, a record production company would have said, "Sorry, you're terrible." You, you haven't got a hope, go away. Whereas now they can just record a song and stick it on YouTube. Mm. Mm. I think that's. In a way, it all comes down to what do we mean by worse? Are we talking about averages? Are we talking about maxima mm. or minima? I think that it's a question that you know has relevance to a lot of things. Is how do you define things like goodness, especially when you're talking about general goodness mm, mm. across a population? And 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 it's we don't think it's the same as popularity because we're snobs, right? I think. I think we need to stop there. Okay. Um, we actually, we kind of, I think we've got to a sort of reasonably satisfying conclusion there. Um, I've got a question to ask. I've got a question to ask. Um, I could ask, I think it's too general, which is, hey, what's your favourite architecture? But I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to ask that. I want to ask, I want you to describe to me the house that you live in now. Um, but also, if money were no object, 
what would be the house mm. that you would live in. Okay. Yeah. And really, I'm thinking about the architecture here, really, what we've yeah. been talking about. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? I can go first. It's easy. My current house is a Victorian terraced house in North London. Mm. And uh, if I had an infinite amount of money, I'd live in a Georgian detached house in North London. <laughs> Probably somewhere like Highgate. Uh, so I'm not that far away from my dream house. But You're I, there, I, Nick. You're yeah, there. I've never, I've never lived in a house that's less than 100 years old. And to be honest, I don't really, I don't think I could see myself doing that. And why though? Why, why a Georgian house? Let's say. Uh, it Nick just is like being a warm. good question. Um, and I, uh, I think I like being rooted in history in a way. Right. You know, I like feeling that there's been plenty of other people in this house. Right. come and gone and uh yeah and I, d- I definitely like the architecture now maybe i've just been brainwashed by society into liking um victorian you know could roll it back to that whole era from you know georgian through to victorian um it just feels very human you know it's like it designed for humans sure. to, to live in and look at and, yeah yeah you know yeah i mean we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll do me then and then you tom but you need you've not been to my new house yet no but it's um, very grand it is quite grand you know and Ooh. i must admit i love i love having guests there i love having people there just because it, it is a beautiful space it's the first time i've lived in a house really that i would consider to be beautiful um but yeah i live in a, a georgian um I guess you could call it townhouse, but it's pretty much... So I, we, if we could combine your house with my location, location, it would be ideal. Well, it would be ideal for you, but not yeah. for me, because I don't want to live in North London. Yeah. But um, You want to live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I want to live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And actually, that's the only way I can afford to yeah. have a Georgian <laughs> house. But um, no, I live in this sort of... I think, it, well, it dates to 1780. It's current construction. But there's, there's actually, as often with these things, there was something there before. But yeah, it's a beautiful Georgian townhouse. And, um, and uh, I love it. And I love the rooms. Um, and the spaciousness of it, but it is bloody freezing. Mm. It is so cold and windy and drafty in there. Um, if Can't I you get the servants to light the fires yeah, before you come I, home? Well, I've been beating them about. Yeah. Oh, well, they'll they'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if I could live anywhere, I may maybe the same I, the same sort of house, but a little bit bigger in just more grounds. That's what I'd like. You know, something like that, sort of out in the country, or a huff house. I quite like huff. Is that what they're called? Huff houses. It's the German ones. It's Are like, they the very almost um almost sort of flat pack, quite yeah, Bauhaus yeah, yeah. style? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, and like because I just like the light in them. I bet this is a conversation Tom loves loves to have. What, yeah. what with being a late millennial, he can't <laughs> yeah, exactly. afford to get on the housing yeah. ladder. And uh, <laughs> so let's hear from well, you, Tom. I don't know. I mean, that might inform my answer, which is that. Well, I'll start with where I live now. I live in a, a flat in a kind of a converted warehouse. Um, it, I would say it's the tail end of uh, of modernism in that it uh, is poorly constructed. Where so, is it? Uh, it's in Bermondsey. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, it's very drafty despite being a new build. So it's actually kind of the the worst of every possible world. But is the, is the superstructure a, Vic, a Victorian warehouse? Uh, at its core, right. it's been quite heavily you know reclad and all that sort of thing. It just sounds um, like Utah. It's like gritty, keeping it real. It's the street. Maybe. No, it sounds, I always think of that as being um, a yuppie thing, living in a converted warehouse. But anyway, keep going, keep going. Yeah, well, you know, either they're empty or people live in them, right? Yeah. Um, but I think my answer to where I would most like live is that I don't really have a preference. I'd live in a Victorian house, Georgian house, new build. I don't really mind the architecture of the place that I live in very much. I don't give it a lot of thought. 
a truly timeless man. Yeah, but that may reflect, you know, my my late millennial, uh, you know, yeah, rootlessness, zenial. Yeah. It's not about possessions. Um, you know, it's not about. Yeah, Z- I don't know. Zenial. Um, I don't have a yeah, don't have a particular preference to where I live, or what type there of building I live in. So mock Georgian it is then. We'll be quite happy in that. Um, okay, I can't help but feel we should have invited an architect along to this. I don't know. Yeah, what would they, they know? <laughs> I was going to bring up Zaha Hadid uh, and how everyone loves all her stuff, even though it's very modernist. Well, I mean, look, there's loads of but, good uh, architects that we like. I mean, I would love to live in a Frank Lloyd Wright building, for example. I mean, uh, you know, there's not very much of that. Mm. Mm. Uh, let's draw things to a close yeah um, so as always thanks for listening if you've got any thoughts or suggestions for topics you can email us at podcast at aleffinsights.com we'd love to hear from you um, but if you have enjoyed the podcast what should people do Nick? oh I wasn't ready for that sorry they should like and subscribe yeah we can't make it thematic it's just a bit of creation too far I think this is the problem with modern design and creativity. It's just laziness of people like yourselves. <laughs> Thanks as always for listening. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Tom Spence and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.